Okay, we are in Sefer Hoshea, Perek Vav, Pasuk Aleph, Lechu Venoshuva El Hashem. So we saw yesterday, at the end of Perek Hay, Kaddish Baruch Hu through Hoshea says a very disturbing thing to Bnei Israel. Says, Elech Hashuva El Mekomi, I'm going back to my place in the heavens, as it were, until until they come to me and they come to announce that they are sincere in doing tshuva. So Perik Vav continues as if without a break into exactly that. B'nai Israel has now come to do tshuva, finally. We're not sure when this is. Some say it dates back to Yoshio, that king that be led the Balchuva movement. Some say it's in the future. But the first three psukim gives a utopian view of B'nai Israel coming to do very sincere tshuva. So let me preface it with a uh, halacha in Hilchos Tshuva from the Rambam. Perek Shri Seif Hey, Kol Hanavim Kulam Sivu Al Hatshuva. Every Navi that ever prophesied to Bnei Israel said, "Do Tshuva." For any Israel Ne'alatz Ela B'Tshuva, because Bnei Israel will not be redeemed or saved or taken out of exile without Tshuva. The car hitiha Torah Shatuf Yisrael Lasso Shuva Besofkula. Some the Torah promises us that Bnei Yisrael will do Shuva at the end of their Golas. Umiyad Hain Negolin, and then they will be immediately redeemed. Um continues uh the Ramam that Sof Yisrael Lasos Tshuva. In the end, they are going to do Tshuva. And so let's start, Perik Vav, with exactly that. Hashem. Let us go and return to the Kaddish Baruchu. Kihu Taraf Vayurpehu. He is the one who wounded us and will cure us. Yach Vayach Meshehu. He struck us and he will bandage us, he will heal us. The very interesting concept that if you want a cure to your ill, go to the one who inflicted the ill. And that is what we're saying, that it's not man that visited these illnesses on B'nai Israel. it's not Assyria or Egypt or Bavel, it's the Kaddish Baruch Hu that is inflicted. And so if you seek Refua, you seek the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Um, the Maharal says, Ein mekablim refua ela mimi she'osa hamaka. That you're going to get refua only from he that inflicted it. And so that's what the Navi is saying here. You want refua? Go to the one who inflicted the maka. Pasuk Yachineha so for two days we are going to be as it were examined or the process of healing from the Kaddish Baruch will start and on the third day 
we will be cured. We will stand before him cured, which is very puzzling. For one, the Medrash tells us that the worst day of the illness, the most severe day of the illness, is the third day. And we're saying we're going to be cured on the third day. And so there are different perushim, why the first two days, and then the third day is the cure. And so Radak says, you're talking the first two days, is Bias Rishon is the first, Bias Shani is the second, and then ultimately the Bias Shlishi will redeem us. Another parish says it's Golas Mitzrayim, then it's Golas Bavel, and then comes the ultimate redemption from Golas on the third day. Still others say it's a great metaphor, Rosh Hashanah, two days of Rosh Hashanah, where we beg forgiveness. The third day is Yom Kippur, where presumably we get a judgment that we are healed. Um, whatever it is, it, it also follows the language of the Akedah, the Yom HaShishi, uh, Avraham reaches the goal, that that is also a metaphor for the Akedah. For two days, he goes, the work of going and the preparation in Nahana on the third day, Yitzchak is spared and redeemed. And that is a metaphor for us, what's going to happen to us. Yes? How does, what does it mean? Is there any discussion anywhere of what it means for B'nai Yisrael to do tshuva? There's 20 million Jews, let's say, who recognize, or recognize themselves as Jews in the world today. Right. There's many, many more who don't even know that they're Jewish or don't recognize that they're Jewish. How does B'nai Israel do tshuva? Who, who is it that's saying, um, you know, we're coming back to you? You mean who's the arbiter of whether they've done tshuva? Well, who, 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 who is the Navi talking about when he says B'nai Israel is seeking tshuva? Well, the, the interesting thing that we've learned about tshuva is it doesn't have to, each man doesn't have to do a complete 180 tshuva. You do whatever you can. You do whatever in the Kodesh world who meets you, and we believe that. Chazal tell us that, that you start the tshuva process. How do we recognize when it occurs? You'll recognize, you'll see that there is a widespread tshuva. And again, it doesn't have to be 100% of the people. You know, like, you know, if you look at Israel today, they're fighting, there's a, you know, a debate over basically whether Israel is too religious. This is the debate over the court. Right. Right? So you have a group of Israelis who don't want to be under religious law. Right. Right? And, and, and a group that, that does. But, you know, who speaks for B'nai Israel? What, when does, what happens to those people? Ultimately, we have to believe it. We have to believe they're going to do tshuva. They are going to see it. They're going to do it. It may not be complete or total, but it's going to be a partial wreck. And we've seen it through our history that there is a, a, a partial tshuva, a return. Sort after the Six-Day War, the whole country started doing tshuva. But we saw it in Hoshia and the Navi. The whole nation does tshuva. So now, continues the Navi, the Nadav and Nirdafal Adases Hashem. Now we must get to know the code. We must understand the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Nirdafal. We must race to the Hashem. 
because he is there, like as the dawn is a certainty, so is the Kaddish And as a result, we will have the rain falling on us in prosperity. Malkosh is a very intense form of rain that is very good for the uh, agricultural growth. Yoreros will fill the land. Very interesting halacha we get here. But first, Yomar tells us, Neda Hashem, are we ever going to know the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the workings? No. But the Neda, we have to try. It's a job. We know we're going to fail, but we have to undertake it. Nirdava, racing, Ladas Hashem, gives us the basis of a very interesting halacha in Judaism. And if you will indulge me, let me read Brachos, Daf Vav Amud Beis. Omar Rav Chelbo, Omar Rav Huna, Hayotse mi Beis HaKneset, Al Yafia Psiagasa. Someone leading shul shouldn't take long, giant strides. You should not look like I can't wait to get out of here and, and race out. Omar Abaye, Lo Amran Ella Lasipe. We say this only with regard to leaving the shul. Avo Lemetal Mitzvah Lemerchash. However, in going in, it's a mitzvah to run. You run into shul. Shenemar, and we take our pasuk, Nirdefa Ladas Es Hashem. Let us race after to get the knowledge of the Kodesh Baruch So that's the basis of the halacha. It's a very real halacha. Incidentally, we also say there's a great debate among the fortune in getting to this understanding of Hashem. Do you use all the resources of human knowledge? In other words, do you go to secular knowledge or are you confined to just the religious knowledge? It's a debate between the Rambam and the Gra and others. Some say you use every basis of human endeavor to try and reach Hashem, but no matter. The first three psukim present us a utopian view of Chula. Now we're going to get back to the situation as it really is. Says the Navi in exasperation. Ma'aselacha Ephraim, ma'aselacha Yehuda. Literally, what am I going to do with you, Ephraim? Ephraim being the synonym for the ten tribes, and Yehuda. You are, to put it in a, in a brief word, totally inconsistent. You are like the dew in the morning that just disappears. You are like the um, rain clouds that form and do not bring rain. Your whole history has been one of just not being consistent. We saw um, Chizkiyahu, the great tzaddik of a king. He's the father of Menashe. Yoshia, he is the father of um, Azaz. In other words, there never is a consistent period. You just are so all over the place. What do I do with you? So to try and rectify this, I have sent Nevi'im constantly to you. And they, yes, they've given up their lives with what they've said. We know that Tzidkiah, 
is assassinated. Yeshayahu is assassinated. Um, so that in giving this message, they have been killed. Umishpatecha or Yesei, you see that as a question mark. And you expect justice from this? You expect, you know, a righteous verdict after the way you have behaved? Yeah, it's a rhetorical question. Umishpatecha or Yesei? I want chesed from you, not your korbanos. I want a ben adam lechavero, an adam that takes care of his fellow man, that doesn't uh, extort money from his fellow man, that takes care of the widow, of the poor, of the orphan. And I want you to understand the Kaddish Baruch Hu, to have an understanding of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, not offering carbon olos. And indeed, the Mepharshim say that. It's more important that we create a just society with each other than that we bring chatos and olos and, and zvachim. Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't want that. And you, both Yehuda and Ephraim, are like Ka'adam. So Ka'adam can mean generic man. You're just like man himself who, you know, when he gets what he wants, violates his bris with me and is treacherous, blasphemes me. Or it could be Adam Harisham. I gave him everything. I gave him Ganeden. And he still violates the bris. Man is inconsistent. You are inconsistent. Pasuk Ches. Gilad. Karei Parli Oven Akva Midoven. Gilad is the city on the east bank. It's not on the, with the ten tribes of Yehuda. It's where Ruven Dod Vachatsi Shevet Menashe is. It's sort of the capital city. Gilad, you are a city of sin and a city flowing in blood. That would be a strange accusation because Gilad was one of the R.A. Miklat, the cities of refuge where you killed someone accidentally, you fled to. Interestingly, the Gemara raises the question, in the initial stages, the East Bank, where only the two and a half tribes were, had three R.A. Miklat. The East Bank, populated by Yehuda and the ten tribes, had three. Why would the East Bank, which had so fewer in population, have three? The Gemara says they needed it. They had more murders. They were, in Gilad, a very frontier society with a very reckless disregard for human life. And that's what they're saying. Akbar Dom, you're up to your heels in blood. You are like men in Gilad we're talking to, outside like snaring fishermen. Like the Kohanim as well. You're looking to kill. They have done terrible zima, terrible violation. Now we're not talking the Kohanim are out to kill. Maybe we are. But basically, we've said this about the Kohanim. They are in this for the money. They are in this to entrap B'nai Yisrael so that, yeah, you bring korbanos, we can't wait for you to do chatos where we get all the meat, etc. And we gorge ourselves so that the Kohanim are in this. There are people in the Eastern Bank who are assassins and robbers. And yes, they are like men waiting outside to conspire and to ensnare. B'vei Yisrael ra'eha shi'ureha 
Israel, I see Shahreho, what they have done. There's Shom Znus, Lefrayim, Nitma Yisrael, Ephraim, again, the ten tribes have done adulterous, vile things. Nitma Yisrael, they have defiled uh, B'nai Yisrael. Gam Yehuda, now, Yehuda, we said in the last parrot, sort of is excused for now. Yesterday, we alluded to the fact that ultimately his sin quota will have been reached. So now, Gam Yehuda, Shas Katsir Lach, Yehuda Shos Katsirach. He has planted his rod in the ground, is what it means literally. In other words, he has followed Ephraim in their sin. He has like planted his lot in with Ephraim and the ten tribes. And says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, it couldn't have come for Yehuda at a worse try, a worse time. It was a time I was ready to return my nation, to bring them back from Golas. And Yehuda, by following in the example of Ephraim, has now worsened the situation, deepened the Golas. Tomorrow, unfortunately, we continue with the sins of Israel and Judah and this short-lived tshuva movement that is the only thing that can ultimately save us from Golos. Ad Khan.